Hey, you got some good legs. Thanks. They go all the way up to my asshole. <laughs> really? They're good legs. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm not wearing any pants today. I'm wearing pants because my life blows. I'm just sitting here with my dick hanging out. And Tara's like, cool. Just that, kidding. I'm wearing underwear. But. Yeah. I was like, I'm in my house and it's hot as fuck in here. And it's my house. I pay the mortgage. So I'm not going to wear pants. And I was like, Adam, that. don't wear pants. It's your house. You do what the fuck you want. Yeah, she did. And I was like, yes, ma'am. And I went upstairs <laughs> and took my pants off. <laughs> this is basic as niches. Hi. Hi. Tara. I'm pantsless Adam. <laughs> pantsless Adam is great. Adam wearing pants is also great, but Fuck he's not here guy. tonight. Fuck that guy. We didn't invite him tonight. Who Fuck wants him. to wear pants? I'm wearing pants. That's the worst. Would you like me to take my pants off? Are you wearing underwear? Yes. Or are you free balling today? <laughs> what I'm do, not taking my pants what off. What do ladies say when they don't wear underwear? <laughs> free lipping? I don't know. <laughs> so what are you drinking tonight? Um, vodka. Wow, what a surprise. I tried to get her to stop from the last episode, but you, she just kept on pouring. You did not try. Usually, hard. I have a heavy pour. Like, <laughs> I'll make her a drink, and she'll be like, ooh, this strong. I'm like, thank you, I learned it from my mother. But today she poured her own. For my vodka. own drinks. I'm drinking Sambuca. I switched to it. Do you want a sip of this? Yeah. It'll put hair on your chest. Huh. Or on your legs, and then you can kind of have legs as nice as me. Don't take a big sip. <laughs> I know. I like Sambuca. You do? Mm-hmm. I fucking love licorice. People can Me kiss too. my ass. I love licorice things. If you don't like black licorice, stop listening to this and unsubscribe right now. No, please <laughs> keep kidding. subscribing. Just, Just give it to me because or Adam. nobody likes black licorice, so you would have no listeners left. Give it to Basic Snitches. Just give any black licorice that comes your way to us. Send it to our P.O. box at Tara's house. Yeah. Get at me. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So today we're going to discuss chapter 15, Aragog. What happened? A.K.A. giant fucking spider. Yeah. Oh, chapter 14. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week. (laughs) What was that? That was my journal. (laughs) I guess we're never going to find out. (laughs) On to the the fucking recap. Um, No, chapter 14. Really, just always upsets me every time I read it because that's when Hermione gets petrified and that makes me sad. The loser of the chapter gets really boring and expected is Lucius Malfoy because he's being a racist fucking asshole. Luscious boy toy. Luscious boy toy. The winner of the chapter, I went around and around with this because I was like, I don't think there's a clear winner. I gave the win to Hermione. Well, she does get petrified. At the beginning of the chapter, Harry hears this thing be like, I'm going to kill this time. And it doesn't because Hermione is smart enough and we'll learn why later. Also, if you've read the book, you know why. But Hermione and Penelope don't die because Hermione is fucking brilliant. So she gets a win and she's petrified for three quarters of the chapter. That's how boss Hermione is. Yeah. Who'd you think I was going to give that win to? I don't know if I necessarily had a... I was just curious. But, like, that makes sense because I even think of, like, the things that she does in that petrified moment to, like, hold on to the clue, etc. Again, we'll get there, but... Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, but she doesn't die. And literally that is the intention... That she's prepared. That Harry hears. Like, Harry hears it say, kill this time. Yeah. And she's like, I think the fuck not. Yeah, right? She survives and she saves another classmate. 
All right, well, I'm going to read this summary that Tara was forced to write. I wrote the summary <laughs> real fast. She wrote it like five minutes ago because I also wrote a summary for the last chapter. So if you didn't read the last chapter, then what are you doing reading this podcast out of order? All right, here we go. Chapter 15, Aragog. It's almost summer, but everything sucks because Hagrid is not there and Dumbledore is not there and Ron and Harry's handy homework assistant Hermione is petrified and basically everything kind of sucks. Draco thinks everyone is being frightened is actually something to be celebrated because he's a fucking creep. Harry and Ron are constantly looking for spiders, which is not at all fun for Ron. My cats are wreaking havoc. You might be able to hear them galloping around my house. My cats are the size of horses. Anyways, <laughs> back to the summary. Potions class is usually bullshit where Malfoy and Snape are kissing each other's asses and class ends with Ron wanting to murder a classmate. Again, things are going swimmingly at Hogwarts. Herbology is awkward. Ernie is kind of a fucking idiot and Harry is pretty terrible at being nonchalant about following spiders. Maybe Ernie and Hannah just think Harry likes spiders? Defense against the dark arts is uneventful minus Lockhart acting like he knows everything. Also... Harry should have absolutely thrown that stupid book at him because fuck that guy. After everyone goes to bed, Harry and Ron sneak out again under the cloak and go to Hagrid's hut to get Fang. They follow spiders into the forest with no fucking plan at all except Hagrid's simple and terrifying instructions, follow spiders. So they follow spiders for a while, little not very scary spiders, till they hear something big that turns out to be the Weasley's car. While they're celebrating that the big thing was not actually going to hurt them, they are suddenly kidnapped by giant-ass horrifying spiders and taken to a clearing where there are literally a billion gargantuan spiders. This fucking chapter has given me nightmares since 2001. Anyway, an even bigger fucking spider. Man, you said spiders a lot. Yeah, also said fucking a lot. Oh, fucking. Ah, spiders. (laughs) Anyway, an even bigger fucking spider comes out and talks to them. He's Aragog, and he and Hagrid are homies, and he tells the boys about how he is totally not the monster who's attacking students, and he wasn't last time, and he's fucking tired of being accused of shit that he did not do, like killing some girl in a bathroom. (laughs) Me too. Also, Hagrid found him a wife, and they have 678 billion children who all want to eat Harry and Ron. The boys try to leave after Aragog gives them really important information, but he's like, bitches, my kids is hungry. (laughs) That's Aragog's voice from now on. (laughs) And just as they're about to be spider food, the car comes flying in and rescues them all. They make it back to the dorm somehow, and after Ron falls asleep... (laughs) Harry really wakes him up because he figured something out. What if Moaning Myrtle is the bitch who died? Cue the nightmares, people. Fucking spiders. Spiders. Fucking. <laughs> fucking. Fucking. Spiders. Spiders. <laughs> I wrote that in five minutes. Back the fuck off. <laughs> All I'm right. actually quite proud of pro- She is. <laughs> I'm you heard it that. here first. <laughs> that was pretty good for like. It was pretty good. Yeah. It, it I just threw all- in all the f bombs I could and spiders. Literally, I thought about my summary being like, this class, this class, this class, spiders, spiders, spiders. Fuck this, and then I was like, no, I'll, I'll give you more. 
it actually does kind of have my energy in it because it's also quite long for a somewhat short chapter. For me, it's very long. For you, it's very short, even for a short chapter. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. It's just a fact. So. (laughs) (laughs) You can't even argue. Hey, you know what? It's okay. Yours are always funny. Oh, thanks. Yours are always written. Anyways, so this chapter opens... She just had another office moment where she looked into the camera. (laughs) The very first thing that I wrote about this chapter is the first line is beautiful. I need to find it and then read it. Would you like me to read it? Found it. I I found this sentence. (laughs) Only me. (laughs) Nobody else. I found the sentence. You've never seen it before. That's right. Summer was creeping over the grounds around the castle. Sky and lake alike turned periwinkle blue and flowers large as cabbages burst into bloom in the greenhouses. I just like it. It's very pretty. It's, again, similar to the last chapter Mm. we were talking about. Okay, there's somewhat of a reprieve from it raining all the time. This is nice. And then it all goes downhill from there. (laughs) (laughs) Because fucking spiders. Yes. Um, I want to comment on how Ron and Harry try to visit Hermione. But Amanda Pomfrey's like, fuck no. Someone might try to finish these people off. It's kind of more from the last chapter. How when McGonagall starts to take Harry to go see Hermione and Ron comes over. And instead of, like, telling Ron to go away, Harry's, like, relieved that she's like, yeah, Ron, come too. It's this teacher recognizing that they're, like, a thing. That the three of them are, like... Yeah. Best friends. My ex-husband was my high school sweetheart. And my roommate and favorite puff, Steve, was kind of his best friend and, like, kind of my best friend. I had a couple of them because I'm much more charming than my ex-husband. So I had a couple of good friends and he only had Steve. But anyway, Steve and Brian and I were kind of like this trio. And I remember the summer after Steve and Brian graduated, there's this local like fair in Wadsworth, the Blue Tip Festival, because the Blue Tip matches used to be made in Wadsworth. Oh, so I was going to say, do... that sounds like dicks to me. So Blue Tip matches used to be made in Wadsworth and maybe some dicks, I don't know. But there's this festival every oh, year. The Blue I Tip... can assure you, some dicks were made in Wadsworth. Yeah, I've been there. I know. Me too. Steve and I went to this festival, probably like at a funnel cake and whatever. And we ran into a couple teachers from our high school who were just like thrown off that Brian wasn't with us. Like the three of us were such a thing that people were like, oh, I just expect that. And we ran into a few different teachers, like two or three of our high school teachers. And all of them were like, oh, where's Brian? And it was never this like assumed like, oh, are you dating Steve now kind of thing? Because... They're like, that you would guys are homo. But it was more just like Stephen, Brian, and Tara are a thing. That yeah. they're always together. Just like Ron and Harry and Hermione. And like, I look at this scene and I look at how Madame Pomfrey is just like, I'm sorry. Like, I think that she is, and also in the previous scene, like just these teachers acknowledging the closeness of students. It's a very mature conversation. She's like, no, I'm sorry. She's not just like get the fuck out of here. I have to take care of these children. She acknowledges that Ron and Harry and Hermione are a thing. I love their friendship, as I've said a hundred times. When I read this this time around Mm -hmm. and McGonagall did say, oh yeah, I suppose you should come too, Ron. I was thinking that it was because Hermione's petrified and the monster took one of the students into the chamber, but that hasn't happened yet. Oh, that's later. Oh, okay. So I was thinking that that's what it was and then I was like, oh yeah, so they're both there 
to see Hermione. It is kind of nice. It's nice for her already to kind of see... Acknowledge their connection. Yeah, yeah. You said that. I have a question for you. When's the last time you read this book? Years ago. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah. Because that's just a fascinating statement that you made, and I was like... Right, I'm a person that like rereads them like twice a year, so yeah, it's definitely been a few years. Okay, I was just I've curious. That's fascinating. I mean, I've definitely read them through twice. Now this is my third time, and of course, like the movies are something that sometimes you know, on like a rainy day or a day when I'm like uh, I'm sick of the world and I just kind of want to like watch something comforting. Like I'll rewatch the movies. I love it. So yeah, that's why sometimes I'm kind of like, oh yeah, I thought this was here, but I forgot about this chapter. Oh, I see that that it hasn't happened yet, you know? So then we get into some of the class time and everything. Because everyone Um, being moved from class to class. Yeah. This is no like real major observation, but of course Draco's a fucking the biggest little dick that could. This whole potion scene is just like, ugh. I know that you hate Snape. Everyone does. You talk about it all the time. But I think, honestly, in this instance, too, yes, he's kissing Draco's ass and Draco is a terrible person. But it's just like Draco sucking up to Snape and Snape kind of reacting to it. I don't necessarily see it such as of a big thing. I don't think Snape is being as much of an asshole right now. It's Draco. Yeah. It's Draco. Draco's the one who's the worst, and Ron is getting all steamed at him, which who can blame him? Ron is such a good friend in a instigated kind of way. He's so loyal. And he like, really is. Like, don't fuck with Ron. He probably can't actually hurt you, but please don't fuck with him. I mean... Because he will, he will do his best to end you. Uh, Even can, if you are smarter and better than him. He, uh, he Drake will end is you. not smarter and better than Ron. Well, no, and he's not. That's the thing. Is like, and Ron, Ron will whoop is, his ass. Fuck you, Malfoy. He's like, oh, it's just such a shame that it wasn't Hermione that was murdered. Like, just a disgusting human. Ugh. Obviously, Ron is instigated by the discussion about Hermione when he's like, pity it wasn't her. But also, I think that had Malfoy been talking about Penelope Clearwater or Colin Creevy or Justin Finch-Fletchley, I don't think Ron would have been like... Yeah, who gives a shit? I think Ron would have been like, this guy is a fucking asshole. Yeah, He course. literally is wishing for the death of another student. Then we make our way to Herbology. Yeah. I, I like this moment because Ernie Mac apologizes. Now, in your summary, you called him an idiot. I called him an idiot. Here's why, why I called him an idiot. I love Ernie Mac. He is actually, at the end of the day, my He's favorite. He's your favorite. He's my favorite yeah. Hufflepuff. Ernie is kind of all of us. He's like a jumps to conclusions kind of guy. But I also just appreciate how he owns up to being like, oh, that was my bad. But at the same time, it's kind of like him being an idiot when he's like behind the times on like, oh, Draco Malfoy could be the heir of Slytherin. I called him an idiot specifically because I think he's trying too hard to be like backtracking on how he went after Harry. Oh, but maybe it's well Draco. And I don't know that that's like him yeah, being I don't an think that's it. idiot. It's just frustrating because he followed a lot of really good logic as to why he accused Harry. Harry had a run-in with Filch. Harry was annoyed by Colin Creevy. It was was an airtight, though. In that moment, that's who he's focused on. I don't think that we see their interaction as much with Malfoy in this instance. You know, there's so many more instances where we see the Gryffindors and Slytherins together and assumedly it's the Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws together, except for like this moment. And then maybe there's some more mixing mm-hmm. of houses too. So I don't even know if like he would think that Malfoy is around as much. Okay. And like, because it wasn't watertight prior, 
And like I had issues with it at that point. That's why now I'm kind of like, okay, he understands this. He's also trying to think, okay, who else is there? Because, you know, everybody else thought that it was Malfoy. And then they went to Hagrid and nobody has come up with the right thing yet. So I don't and think anybody's correct. being an idiot. You know? I take that back mostly. I still believe that there's a part of Ernie that's like, I have to get back on this guy's good graces. But at the same time, like, I respect that. What you said about, like, the class separation and, like, Gryffindor's being with Slytherin and Hufflepuff's being with Ravenclaw. I don't think Malfoy's as around them, maybe. We honestly don't know what classes they're taking with who always. Yeah. I find the whole, the response to Ernie very interesting because Harry, he's like, okay, whatever, because Harry is just so much more laid back and Ron. I love Ron in this moment where he's just like, no, I'm not like forgiving not you that easily. And that's Ron just being like the guy who just sticks up for his best friend. Then when Harry is just like, hmm, spiders, I'm like, Ernie and Hannah are probably like the fucking Yeah, I know. Bitch. I like that moment a lot. It's like the Hagrid moment in the last chapter two. It's like, mm, people are listening in. The next class that they go to, and I kind of already talked about this in the last episode, but we get to Defense Against the Dark Arts. Mm. Already we've talked about how, like, everybody is kind of down and stuff. Hagrid might be gone, but they're still having the all of these, like, super high security measures and whatnot. Lockhart is so oblivious to all of that. Why is everybody so glum? They took away the right guy. And it's like, if they took away the right guy, A, why is all of this still happening? B, everybody is like this. Lockhart's the only one that actually believes that Hagrid was the right guy. Well, and yeah, that's the other thing, is that he believes that, and it's even mentioned in the book, something And that's, I think, of. meant to be the red herring of Lockhart being accused, obviously, yeah. or part of it, not all of it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, perhaps even, you know, in the next few chapters where they journey down into the Chamber of Secrets and everything. I even think at that point, maybe some of the clues in there that might lead you to expect that it's Lockhart. Mm -hmm. Because now they're down in there with him, and it's like, okay, I can kind of see how this is going. Maybe even going off of the whole quarrel thing from the last book. But this is the chapter where I it even occurred to me, like, why aren't people suspecting him? And I think it's because of that scene with the Hufflepuffs right before this. Yeah. I think that that's a really good point. And it's also the teachers are not going for him because they know he's an idiot. The idea of thinking of Lockhart as the heir of Slytherin is meant for the reader only. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, because the students all think he's an idiot, except for Hermione, and she's petrified. The teachers know bones. he's an idiot. Earlier in this book, too, I think is the first time where they kind of made the illusion that Defense Against the Dark Arts job is cursed too because they couldn't get anyone but Lockhart. yeah mm -hmm. yeah so there's that as well but i think you're right i think it's really only for us it makes me think of instances where i don't know like in reality tv for example where in order to be like manipulative or like a good game player you have to have some sort of like understanding of what's going on and in intelligence Mm -hmm. So in relating it to this, it's like, if he is really the mastermind behind this whole Chamber of Secret things, he has to have his feet more planted on the ground and his head not on the clouds. Like, which is totally his thing. He's such an egomaniac. Yeah. Always trying to show that he knows what's best and has proven now several times that he doesn't know. 
So there's that too. And I think a lot of more people are less likely to accuse him of being the heir of Slytherin in this universe because of that. Then they are like, okay, time to go follow these motherfucking spiders. So it's interesting because they just make the assumption that they're going towards the Forbidden Forest. Because of that guess, they kind of just like blindly go out. They do their little like dodging of the professors and the prefects again. This whole part of them going and journeying into the forest, it's so fucking detailed. It is very detailed. Like this is where it's written like a horror movie. It sure is. Even before they get to spiders, it's pitch black. Only thing they can see is like the little circle of Lumos guiding them. Yeah. They can hear things and even like feel things against their like ankles and whatnot. To the point where Fang barks all of a sudden. Um, Oh, that's one more thing. The point where they go and get Fang, I really enjoy Mm -hmm. because he starts barking and they're like, oh my gosh, you don't want him to wake up. So they give him treacle fudge and it loses the mouth shut. It's similar to like the flute moment in the last book where they allude back to something else. And I love it. And it's another like funny little thing to kind of maybe break the tension at that moment. Because it's about to be fucking terrifying yes. and nightmare inducing. The other thing, again, this was me just not completely remembering the sequence of events. But when they left the invisibility cloak at Hagrid's shack, I was like, something going to go wrong. I also feel like I thought that, again, it's been almost 19 years since I read this book the first time. Because I'm that old bitch. But more specifically, like, I remember thinking because of what happened in the first book that they would lose the invisibility cloak again. And then, like, later, too, I was almost like, why didn't they take it with them? I mean, of course, they didn't necessarily know what they were going to run into, but... Well, said in the narration, like, it would be black as fuck. Yeah, it would forest. be even harder to, to walk with Those that. exact words, black, black as fuck. Black as fuck. <laughs> Back to, like, the whole thing about, like, the Lumos only illuminating, like, their only field of vision. And sometimes they had to stop and, like, make sure that they were still I imagine that it's a very small circumference. I think so, too. Which is terrifying. And, like, I mean, there are times where I've been, I don't know, out in the middle of the night... This doesn't even compare to this because it's not in the middle of the woods. But when we were younger and my family would go to the beach, at night sometimes we'd go out to the beach to see crabs. Oh. And it always creeped me out. Oh, really? (laughs) I kind of want to try that now. Yeah, I mean, now it might be a little bit different as an adult, too. Because then we'd see one, then it'd be like, oh my god, it's a fucking crab. And then, like, you'd see it scurry and it would be like, oh my god, it's going to come and bite our toes off. Of course... The fucking thing's more scared of us than we are of right. it. Right. And of course, we weren't following a trail of crabs to the ocean where we would find this fucking giant crab either. I mean, I'm sure you... Never mind. I was going to try to make some joke about crabs being... Someone oh. having crabs. I uh. just don't... No, I always imagine that it's just like, you can't see what I'm doing, well, but like, I imagine it's literally like this tiny space that's like the size of like a baseball or something. Like a softball or... Yeah. So, Jean and I went on a hike with Olive, and yeah. we went to watch the sunset at Kendall Ledges in the National Park. Yeah. The route we came, where we parked, was very rocky. It was like kind of up this kind of steep, very intricate kind of like space, but it was shorter than the route back. So, we went up there, and it was before the sunset, so we had light, whatever, we watched the sunset, and we're like, well, we'll go back the other way, because it's not as rocky but it was 75 percent longer than the original part up there now we weren't going up we were going down but the sun was set 
Yeah. So I'm using the flashlight on my phone to get us back to our car. And we ended up in this part of the park where there was parking really close by, but it wasn't our parking. We weren't 100% sure where to go. And we just had like the lights on our phone, which is probably more light than they had. Yeah. But there was a part of that hike that I distinctly remember thinking of this scene in the book. That's what I was trying to say about the beach too, except like, I mean, clearly there's no trees around and there's moonlight and whatnot. Like I was trying to think of something similar to that. And that's like the best memory I guess I can think of. I like to hike of course too, as you know, but like, I don't really think I've done a lot of night hikes. I mean, I don't recommend them. People get attacked and hurt and murdered and stuff in national parks. I am a person that loves solo hikes. And in the last couple of years, I've really not felt like I can take solo hikes very often anymore unless it's in the middle of the day which is very upsetting for me I always do it during the day this entire thing is terrifying even before you get the spiders holy shit this is a nightmare inducing chapter the thing that starts to get Ron really scared of course is he starts to see this giant thing out of the corner of his eye lo and behold it's the fucking Fort Anglia I know I'm like yes Fort Anglia and they're petting it like an animal I know they are it actually even like turns on its brights and comes up they're like good job car it has these like animal qualities which is really really interesting but then of course when they're like greeting their old friend that's when they get taken oh, by several spiders oh my god that i remember the first time i read that i'm not afraid of snakes i'm not afraid of the dark i'm not afraid of heights i am terrified of fucking spiders Ugh. i think i probably agree with you i think i had mentioned in the last episode at the beginning during the holiday season I had a plumbing issue in my house. Mm. My house is a little bit older. It, it's 70 years old. And originally when I heard the dripping in my basement, I was like, what the fuck is going on? It sounded almost like a slight scurrying thing or almost like one of the cats could have been going through one of the litter boxes downstairs. And at first I thought it was a rodent. And I was like, well, I would have preferred a rodent over this. Like, Yeah, a rodent <laughs> would have been saved better. several hundred bucks. There have been also times in the non-finished part of my basement where when I first came in, you know, it's a concrete floor and I was like, I want to try to make it a little bit nicer. There's a workbench down there that I haven't really done any work on, but I was like, if I ever do want to kind of make that a hobby, I want to kind of make it nice. So I was putting down this like foam interlocking flooring and there was one point where I was moving these giant puzzle pieces that was a spider about this big. Oof. The size of a fucking silver dollar, yes. guys. <laughs> yes, listeners, because you can't. Terrifying. Yeah. It was pretty large. And I just screamed and like flipped it over so that the spider was underneath the thing and then just jumped on the thing for like a good two minutes to make sure the spider was dead. Ugh. And there have been times where I've seen other spiders down there and stuff too. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. There's just something really, really terrible about them. I just... Also, I don't know. I've read things about like black widows and even like some other spiders and how like dangerous they can be so i'm getting like pins and needles over all over my body like i did you ever watch the arachnophobia movie no i will never okay i don't watch shit like that but when i was like seven or eight i don't know if it was on tv or if my parents were like you know do you want to watch this and i said yes because i was stupid i have no idea but i watched that fucking movie and i remember being so fucking terrified If there is a spider outside and it's not the size of Aragog, I don't have to interact with it. Like, it's allowed to be outside. I don't really want to kill spiders, but if you're in my space, like, I'm a person that if there's one in my shower, that shower is legitimately six seconds long. (laughs) I ain't fucking dealing with that. 
Yeah, I think I agree. Like, if you're in my house, then that's an issue. But when they do meet Aragog, there are a couple bits of details that I really like. First of all, he goes into so much fucking detail. I like Aragog. Yeah, like, there's nothing he's necessarily like, he's like, wrong Hagrid's that he's like, a doing. good guy... He found me my wife, which is That's true. the other thing I wanted to say. Mosag or Mosag, whatever. M-O-S-A-G. When I read that, I actually tried, like, Googling to see, like, is there a reason why she named them Aragog and Mosag? Like, is there some, you know, etymology? I can't find anything. I love that Aragog is very loyal to Hagrid. Obviously, the fact that he wants to, like, let his children eat Harry and Ron, I will say, like... When they bring Harry and Ron and Fang to Aragog and he's like, is it Hagrid? And they're like, no, strangers. And he's like, fucking kill them. I was sleeping. I relate to that so hard, Aragog. (laughs) And like, Aragog is blind too. He's like been through it and whatnot. But yeah, I mean like, it's one of those things where for the frame of reference for this giant spider, I mean, he's just living life. like He really is. It's His instinct is to eat humans. Although he did say something like, I've never killed a human before. And then he's like, my children can eat you guys. So like now y'all can die. But yeah. of course, when they start to get attacked, Fort Anglia comes to the rescue. Yes. They get up out there. And Ron is like, why the fuck did Hagrid make us do this? There's a couple angles that I have here. One is completely like what Harry says. And Harry is so calm during all of this in the movie and in the book. He is especially calm in like, the fucking movie. Yes. But the book it's like is still pretty strange. He's like, well, now we know that Hagrid didn't do it. And I was like, yes, that's clearly the reason that Hagrid was thinking of. But at the same time, to go back to like Ron's point of view, it's like, you shouldn't have had two children go into this forest with these spiders anyways. Even though you trust him, you don't know what Aragog's gonna do. But Hagrid doesn't think like that. No. It's a weird amalgamation of like, yes, I kind of understand where all yeah. we're coming from. When they get back to the castle, though, they like immediately get to bed. And it's like, how the fuck are you falling asleep that fast, Ron? Hi, like, Ron you must have been really fucking tired. But I really like you ended your summary too because in the middle of the night he wakes up Ron and is like Moaning Myrtle exists which is brilliant that he came to that conclusion because it's correct but it is kind of like come on now he's just had this night let him sleep you can talk about it in the morning I wonder if Ron was just like in this place where he was like the only way I can ever get through whatever just happened to me is to like just let the exhaustion from my complete anxiety and fear put me to bed and maybe i'll wake up tomorrow like Like, it was a grueling thing now i will say too like when you have anxiety it's hard to get to sleep like that too but i think part of it is just complete and utter exhaustion it was a long night it took a while those other fucking weasleys to go to bed yeah so they had to wait for that then they had to go out through this they walked for quite a while through the woods and his anxiety and fear was probably very exhausting very like correct (laughs) maybe also he knows some kind of like spell he just was like spelliest fall asleepest and well fuck that's another one that i need though add it to the list uh spelliest like he's just like i don't know what this fucking broken wand will do when i spell and that's the only thing that will do but i don't care and then harry's gonna fucking wake me up anyway i don't even know a fully functioning wand i just need a wand that does that harry's just gonna wake him up in a fucking hour and be like guess what moaning myrtle and rod's gonna be like did you have to wake me up for this shit yeah speaking of that and in the movie (laughs) 
the way that this chapter begins in the movie is like right out of the last chapter. It's right out of the last So chapter. I don't know if it's the same for the next one, but I do really like that eureka moment of like, oh my gosh, it's Moaning Myrtle. Cause yeah, because it it's not in back. the movie yet. It's yes. going to be later in the movie. And like, they cut out so much at the beginning with all those classes and everything, which eh. I don't necessarily need to see. I think the most valuable one is the moment they have in Herbology. But again, they cut out those scenes earlier. Oh, to like show Ernie and Hannah? Yeah. They're so already cut out. Like Ernie and Hannah have literally been like filmed and fucking like put out into there. But also now they don't end up in the They've movie. been filmed and cut. Now, I will say, like, it's so random that they're like, oh, it looks like these spiders are going towards the Forbidden Forest, so that must be where we need to go. This time, it, it they actually looks see like, them go. I uh, See, for me, I feel like it looks like just a bunch of spiders live in Hagrid's hut. Uh, sort of. Which, Which you know the they probably are. I feel are. like that they probably do, and Hagrid's just like, yeah, Aragog's like, this guy is nice. He'll He's named, like, there's like 65 spiders live in his hut, and he names They all got all. names, yeah. All exactly. of them have names. Like oh, Fluffy for God. a three-headed yeah, dog. Yeah, they're like Sunshine and Muffin and shit like that. And, like, there's the one that probably murders his brothers and sisters, and his name is, like, Rainbow or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm bad at this. I don't know. You sound drunk as fuck. I'm very drunk. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like, for Hagrid, like, name them all something completely sweet and, like, innocent. Yeah, or something dopey like Norbert. Oh, I love Norbert. Um, when my parents had me... I'm a dragon. One of the names that I think my dad wanted to name me was Delbert. And my mom was like, fuck no, you ain't. I'm popping this baby out. Thanks, mom. I didn't, jokes on her. She didn't pop nothing out. I they had to cut me on her. Yeah, Delbert was. She's on like a hundred and three pounds soaking wet. So oh my having mom. a child, <laughs> she probably had to have all of you cut out of her. No, she's just me. Human. My mom really? had me cesarean. Yeah, and then she had twins. Be back. Isn't wow. that unbelievable? She's a tiny ass fucking human. I know. She's a tiny ass human. And she made all of us big gargantuan motherfuckers. My brother was the largest and he was five pounds, seven ounces. My mom is small. She's not as small as your mom. Mm-hmm. We all tiny ass children. We ain't tiny ass children anymore, but we was. Um, speaking of tiny ass children and not so tiny ass children. Fucking spider children. Okay. So a couple things. First of all, in once they get into the forest, it is not... Anywhere near as terrifying in the movie no, as the it movie is No, the movie is not as terrifying. I mean, like, when you start seeing spiders, you're like, oh, God. Yeah, that's it. pretty bad. And, like, there's even this moment where they go into this, it's like, little hovel. It's not that dark, though. I mean, it has to it's, be. It's not that dark. So you can see, obviously. It's, like, movies. more the moonlight. The trees are, like, way spread apart, too. It's not as, like, thickly dense forest. But then they go into this little hovel, and that's where Ron is like, oh, my fucking God. I'm gonna die. And at that point, it's like, yeah, Ron, at that point, you don't go in that hole. But then they also don't meet, and this was another cutscene, they don't meet the Fort Anglia at all until afterwards. And I kind of like that moment they have with it and how they are like, it turned wild and stuff. Mm -hmm. It gives it more of like a personification. The other thing, when they're talking to Aragog, I don't like that they don't mention Mosag. Out of all of the like details that they could have cut... Well, because there are eight bajillion asshole spiders of varying sizes and terrifying degrees mm-hmm. that are right there, and they all have a mom. Give them, give that bitch. Yeah, credit. that mom popped all those eggs out her she, puss. She, she did some work. She did, she did some work. 
That's right. Give her some goddamn credit. When I read that, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's a trivia question right there. What is the name of Aragog's wife? But, I mean, as a whole, what they do cut out of the movie, I think, makes sense. There are some of those details once we get into Spiderland USA. Fucking Um, Spiderland... Scotland, because that's where Hogwarts Oh, yeah. Spiderland, Scotland. They have better carnival treats at Spiderland, USA. (laughs) But they got a great tilt-a-whirl in Scotland's version. So (laughs) the other thing that I thought of here that is another difference is that true horror movie moment where one of the spiders reaches through the window and, like, grabs onto Ron. They do a lot of extra stuff there, like Harry hitting that one spider with the spell. Yeah, that that same spider. And it's like, where the fuck did you learn that? Right, where did you learn that? Did and you Ron learn that from Quirrell? Because you didn't learn that from Lockhart. He just was like, oh, I read a thing once. That's Hermione. No, like, Hermione read everything once. And she's like, <laughs> This is the one Harry's thing that Harry like, read. Oh, sure, I studied. And he, like, went like this. And he's like, I read a thing. I think, as a whole, though, what they cut makes sense based on other things they cut. Oh, yeah. It tells, it tells the information we need to know. They movify it fine for the intended audience. What are your points? <laughs> I'm going to be real mad at you if you don't give Ron a shit ton of points. Uh, Ron doesn't get the most points this time. He gets 15. 15 for Ron because I, like, yeah, I feel really, really bad for him. I've given him a lot more in this book, obviously, and in these last few chapters. But, yeah, we've talked in the past few episodes about how this is such a good book for Ron. So I think throwing him some additional points for this... Makes a lot of sense, especially with how brave he was in going through this. Plus 10 for Harry. Also, like, how cool and calm and collected he is. And I do like the Moaning Myrtle revelation at the end. I think it's very brilliant. I think that's great. Plus 10 to Ernie for the apology. I took points away from him earlier, and so he's getting those back. Plus 10 to the Ford Anglia for coming to the rescue. That... Guys, great. It's been a while since I've given some points to some random thing. And I guess, like, this is a pretty random thing to give points to. I mean, it's no fingernail witch, but, you know. Oh, fingernail witch. You'll, you'll take it where you can get it. She's pretty great. She's somewhere, you know, in her own, like, nail salon, ripping nails off people. Negative 20 to Malfoy, because he is spouting off not... Students dying! I love when people die! I want people to die. He's the worst. I hate him. Negative 10 to Lockhart because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Just, he's in the chapter, he loses some mm-hmm. points. And negative 5 to Hagrid for not thinking things through about sending them to Aragog. Yeah, I mean, that's Hagrid, but it's the same kind of logic. Dumbledore leaving a baby on a doorstep. To recap, plus 15 Ron, plus 10 Ernie, Harry, and Fort Anglia. Mm-hmm. Negative 5 Hagrid, negative 10 Lockhart, negative 20 Malfoy. So that's a lot of points you did. That's not the most points I've done. No, but I that was more points than I thought you would give out this oh, chapter. Well, originally I thought it was literally going to be Ron, Harry, and Malfoy. But then I was like, well, no, there was the Ernie Mac thing and I wanted some points there. Yeah, like, Ernie apologized. Apologizing is a thing that I think people don't appreciate enough. We have finished the conversation. Of no, <laughs> but I'm, in general, you gave him that those points. I think I think in general, though, like he, apologizing he, is not a thing people do enough. You know, he redeemed himself. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I, I find it to be, again, he frustrates me in this chapter because... We already talked about this. Girl, you are drunk. No, but my point is not about that. It's about him apologizing. I think apologies are not necessarily appreciated enough. In life? Yes, in general. Like, people being like, 
willing to be like, I was wrong about this thing. We are talking about life in this. We were talking about Harry Potter in this podcast. Harry Potter is totally life. You are wasted. You are. Listen. Next time we'll be discussing chapter Anyone 16. Anyone who disagrees with chapter 16, the Chamber of Secrets. You only know the chapter title because I know the chapter. I'm going to make sure that Tara doesn't drive home tonight. Or maybe I'll just summon my Fort Anglia from the depths of oh the my forest God, to drive I her would, home. I would love the Fort Anglia. So that I can get this home. bitch out my house. The Fort Anglia and I are BFFs. Bye. Bye. I love the Fort Anglia. Basic Snitches is produced and recorded by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by Adam Bowers. And published by Tara Corkery via Podbean. And now available for download wherever you listen to podcasts. A special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to us. We hope you enjoyed us. If you enjoyed us, please be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice. And if you didn't enjoy us, then we're sorry you're so angry. Please also connect with us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Basic Snitches or email us at basicsnitches at gmail.com. We're excited to get more feedback from our listeners and to hear what you have to say about the questions and discussions we have on the podcast. Catch Catch you later, snitches. snitches!